Montgomery's done incredibly well to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good change by Doyle. For McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce and Matt Corrin. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Bobby fans and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 27. Now unfortunately Matt is not here today, or probably more likely fortunately, because with me today I've got Sam Stone, who's one of the writers here at Pompey News now. Say hi Sam. Hi everyone. Nice one. Right, so we've got some actual sort of educated points of views today people, rather than Matt <laughs> rambling on, which is good. So cheers Sam for coming on the show mate, much uh, appreciated. Not a problem, not a problem at all. Great stuff, mate. Um, yeah, so in part one, we're going to do the usual. We are going to be reviewing the Charlton game. Uh, followed by that, we're going to go in and review the, the Walsall game. And parts two, we'll do not Matt's debate because he's not here. And in part three, we're going to preview the beautiful game against Scunthorpe. All right, Sam, Charlton, you were there. I wasn't. I watched it on telly. So first of all, mate, what was the atmosphere like in the ground? Oh, in the in the Pompey end, it was a, it was a really well. We had four thousand fans there, so it was um it was a really like good atmosphere. Charlton, all, Charlton yeah. were good as well. Um, when when they came out of front and part, their fans were excellent. I thought so. Yeah, it was a really good atmosphere, nice ground. It was just a real shame about the performance. Um, when I saw the starting lineup, I was just I, I saw we reverted back to what we were doing kind of at the start of the season. It hasn't been working recently, and for us to go in one all at half time, it was. It was pretty remarkable, to be honest. Um, they were just all over us, and and for us to even look like well, to get for Curtis to get the goal at the end, it was pretty remarkable. So yeah, I, I think I think when you saw I saw running Curtis score that goal, it was one of those moments you think, thank God we got a player who's got a bit of class who can pull a goal out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, would you exactly. Say, would you say we looked flat in midfield and Charlton maybe overran us in the middle? We, yeah, yeah, that that was the main problem. Personally, we were. We were just lumping the ball up, and and when Ollie Hawkins, he's he's a good player. Um, he does he does his job well, but against those two centre backs, Naby Sarr was just dominating him every time. Ball coming yeah. back to midfield, and and Naylor and Close and Close, I rate very highly. I write about him a lot, and it, I don't know how he gets so much stick. But when he's when it's just them two in the middle, they have to do they have to like I don't know. He had, there was more workload on them, and. They were just getting overrun. I think Charlton were playing a diamond in the midfield, and for us to go mm. up against two in there, it wasn't uh, tactically. It wasn't the best thing. Against Barnsley, we played a three in the middle against their diamond, and it worked. Uh, personally, Barnsley, the, the performance against Barnsley was one of our best performances of this year. So, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't quite get it what Jacket was doing there. But. No, I mean, like I think we've we've all been the same advocate on Twitter on the idea of the formation change, and I think when you look at when you, I mean, Gareth Evans is a good player, absolutely no doubt, but yeah. he's not going to be that combative midfielder to come back and win the ball. And yeah. when you, when you're playing against a top team, 
you know, like Barnsley and also like Charlton, you need that third person in there. Um, I mean, I thought Bryn Morris was a little bit, maybe the lesser of the three against Barnsley. I don't know if you agree about that. I thought he had a good game against Barnsley. I mean, I, I thought everyone had a very good game against Barnsley. Um, I thought Tom Naylor, Tom Naylor, that was his best performance in a Pompey shirt. So, yeah, he's cracking. And I, I thought that was purely because he had another two in the midfield and he didn't have, he just, for you, trying to think of the role, a bit like a Kante role when he just kind of just tackled, nicked the ball, give yeah, it to the other players. Um, so it was just a bit disappointing. He didn't kind of go for that again against Charlton. I mean, some credit has to go to Charlton. I thought they were excellent. They were so sharp, so physical. They were just on us straight away. And their front four players, were, we couldn't handle them on the day, and especially in midfield. I mean, watching it for me, it looked like we started brightly in the first five, ten minutes and then faded uh, off. Yeah, I... It, the first 10 minutes, we, ha- we had the ball a little bit, but then they just got on top of us and they just kept it in- outside our box, just probing. And if you're going to like, we-, we do that, we sit back. But if you're going to sit back, you're inviting the pressure. And eventually, mm. I mean, the goal they scored was a bit disappointing. We had three or four players around the ball as well. And Rebo's done well, but it was just a bit, the two goals were very disappointing to concede, but you have to say they, they deserved it. No, I don't know how Rebo actually squeezed that one through. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting him to. I, and yeah, do you think there's any criticism to you, fair mate? Um, I know that in, at half time, I thought Michael Brown was a little bit harsh on you. Wouldn't have seen it necessarily on the broadcast, but he said that Burgess needed to get a lot tighter to him in that space. I think in the box, then, from my opinion, sometimes you get a bit tight there and you're giving a penalty away, which we've been yeah. quite guilty of. That's yeah. That's a really good point because a lot of the times they were they were getting in the box and you were just kind of thinking, don't touch them, don't touch them, because they were they would they would have gone down. And, and I thought Burgess had a good game and, and Arebo did turn very quickly and then the ball was in the back of the net before anyone could really move. So credit has to go to Charlton and their front four players because I, I said this at the home game when they played. I think it was our first loss. Was it our yeah. first loss against Charlton? Yeah, I, I was there as the, well, yeah. Yeah, at the home game, I thought they were excellent. I just thought, and this is when we had Ben Thompson as well, and they just dominated us again. Um, so credit has to go to Charlton. I just hope we don't get him in the playoffs if that is the case. <laughs> no, it's the case. And I mean, it, that would be, to be honest, they're a team I don't fancy. I don't fancy Doncaster either, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, it, it'll be tough, whatever, whoever we get. But I mean, Charlton beating us twice, maybe the mental edge, it might just... Yeah, let's hope Peterborough squeezes into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, I didn't rate Peterborough, so let's hope they get in. No, I fancy Peterborough, definitely. I think, do you know what? When I was watching Charlton, you know, on the first game and, and before that, I've been saying that Pompey could do with a striker like Lyle Taylor. I didn't, oh. think that, I didn't think they'd sell him, but it was when we were talking about the transfer window and, you know, what kind of striker Pompey needed, Lyle Taylor was one of those players that, you know, I really, really rate. And I yeah. think he's only improved, isn't he, um, going on throughout the season. Yeah, so, well, at Wimbledon he was excellent as well, and that, that's a really good signing for Charlton. And they get him on a free from Wimbledon, so it was. I said it after the um, the home game. Him and Grant, when they had Grant, who'd been signed yeah. by Huddersfield up front, they were oh two of the best strike like combinations I've seen in the league. So, but Lyle Taylor, he just bullies defenders, and he's good on the ball. So yeah, he sits off him, doesn't he? He sort of yeah. sits off and he creates that space as well. You know, some of the passes he did with you know yeah not not just the opportunity to shoot himself and score, but he just has that vision mm, that yeah. not a lot of strikers do at this level. Yeah, I, like we look at Hawkins for us. Like he's he's got that presence, but he maybe hasn't got that kind of vision that Taylor did and does have. So. Yeah, it's a hard thing to find at this level because if you could find a striker that is a bit of a presence, holds the ball up and scores goals, is <laughs> they're hard to You've come. You've got a goal by him. 
yeah completely yeah so moving on to the positives in this game because it was it was a tough game to watch if i'm honest um i mean i i couldn't go to the game but i was supposed to go into a gig that night later on and um I said to my girlfriend, I thought it was nearly a kickoff because I'm just being dappy at the moment. <laughs> so we ended up missing the first half of the of the concert I was going to purely because I wanted to watch Pompey, obviously. So it was a difficult game to watch in, in general. And I was thinking about it when I was traveling over to this gig. You know, who, who are the positives in this game? And I, I've got to say, you know, it was only two goals scored. I think the defense credits the defenders. But is there anyone who stood out for you in particular? Um, I mean, I know Close, got subbed off and he was outstanding the week before I mean I, I felt a bit bad for Ben Close just purely because he was a, him and Naylor were just getting overrun um, I would have at half time I would have if I was Kenny Jacket, I would have dragged Gareth Evans off and I would have put Donahue in the middle just to put a free in there just to see if it would have given Close a bit more time on the ball to kind of do what he's been doing recently and kind of doing a Ben Thompson role because he yeah he get he's quite good at tackling Ben Close he doesn't really get much credit for it and he gets the ball he drives forward um, obviously Curtis was the standout. He was the only one who kind of looked relatively interested in that second half. Um, he was trying, he's trying to get the crowd riled up. He was trying to beat his man like more than Jamal Lowe was. Jamal Lowe, you could, if Jamal Lowe wanted to, he could have beaten the left back, but he just didn't really fancy it. And Curtis was actually trying to beat his man and get balls into the box. Um, I mean, everyone's been saying Pittman when he come on, because he was excellent in that deeper role. He was kind of picking passes and he nearly set up an equaliser right at the very end. But if we'd taken anything from it, it would have been a bit of a <laughs> bit of a joke for Charlton. But No, I yeah. agree. And you think um, Jamal Lowe had that chance late, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's the one I'm talking about. I think Pippen yeah. dropped in and he played a little, like a reverse pass just over and he, he just had a chance. He, he, he looked like he was going to like just slotted it in the bottom corner but it just yeah. didn't quite come off it's definitely a shot isn't it because I know Ronan Curtis wasn't too far behind it if he had squared the ball but yeah. you know you can't ask a, 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 a striker in that sense to to pass an no, opportunity no, no, not at I, don't, all. I don't think Brett Pittman would be passing there anyway no but... he wouldn't be he wouldn't be <laughs> or Ronan Curtis for that measure yeah. um, no I think I don't want to don't want to go on too much about this game because I think that we all know what happened. And then when we move on to the uh, to the next game is Walsall, do you feel that lessons were learned in that game, Sam? Um, I mean, I, I was refreshed to see the starting lineup um, with him playing. Obviously, Bogle coming back in. I, I don't. I think it's a, a no-brainer because of the way he yeah. started since he's been with us. I think he's been excellent. He's he's got that pace that we've lacked up front. We spoke and, about it before the game, didn't we? Yeah, so him to come on. Yeah, yeah, and and he's he's physical as well. So it's it's what we've wanted up front. Um, I was surprised, but to see Pittman playing that kind of, I think it's like that number ten kind of role, um, because he was. But then from the start, anyway, I was surprised because I didn't think Jacket had that in him to do it because Jacket's usually quite stubborn with his team selections. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Guy Whitting called it the Merson role. Yeah, something like that because. I was expecting to see a similar team to Saturday because that's purely what Jacket is like. He likes to play that way with Hawkins up front, play it, play it like the free and behind him. But it was nice to kind of see a change of personnel and and Pittman. He he picks up these like little gap like pockets in in between in, in between the lines and it. He did well in that role last night. I watched it on iFollow and it looked like he kind of and he, he got man of the match as well. So it could be a new role and it could be something that we maybe persist with going on because we need to gain a bit of momentum in order to like pressure the top two and make sure we've got some good form going into the playoffs. I mean, I agree. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised to be honest because 
Um, not to say I've been, you know, but I have been critical of, of Brett Pittman and how he's played. I think he's looked really sluggish. And I think up front, especially with that sort of quick tempo that Jacket likes to play, yeah. know, breaking wingers, etc. He's just not been able to keep up with the pace. Mm. He's not been able to press, etc. And I think he's really struggled this season in that system. Mm. But I think I think that maybe trying him at number 10, I wasn't actually the biggest advocate for that to happen, mate, to be honest. Yeah. But, but at the same time, he did it and, you know, proved me wrong to a certain extent. And I'm happy to hold my hands up in that situation and say, okay, that worked. And I don't know why, but I think the biggest change for me is the philosophy in which he he, he brought into the game. He didn't want that sort of, I'm the number nine, you guys need to set me up all the time. Yeah. Which is what what was happening when he was scoring 25 goals, everyone fee Pittman. And that's great because, you know, it worked. But in this, in the team and how he played now, he had to adapt and I think this is the first time I saw him play and I thought he really has really adapted and found his niche. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, personally, I would love to have seen a three in the midfield just purely because we could have pushed Ben close a little bit further up or, and, and that and maybe instead of having Pittman on. But then you have to give credit to Pittman because he's he, he, at times you thought he wouldn't be part of this team at all this season. And for him to come back and put in a performance like he did against Charlton and last night, he, he may well. I expect him to start on Saturday, and I hope Jackie persists with it a little bit. Doesn't just give it to half time if we're not one nil up. He's got to give it a, at least 70, 80 minutes. See if it's working because it did work last night. We we looked very dangerous going forward. No, I think so as well. And as I said to you before when we were chatting before the game, I wanted to see the three in midfield. It'd be interesting to see because obviously we'll talk about it later on with you know with Scumthorpe and stuff. But they're a different type of team, aren't they? To coming out against yeah. the Barnsleys and the Charltons, and yeah, maybe definitely. there's a bit more space there for Pittman. But you know, I'm happy for Brett because I was a bit bit concerned really that he would he'd lost uh, maybe a bit of the will to want to come in and and, yeah. and, and play. And he, even like I've seen him warm, warming up, you know, at Fratton Park, and he looks doesn't look part of it, and he looks a bit yeah. shruggy. And there was a lot of you know chatter on social media about you know was his heart still in it or not. And right. well, after these last two performances, I think it's quite clear that he's he wants to be a part of this side. He wants to get us back up and try and push us to promotion. Really, I, and and another thing with Pittman is that you're you're guaranteed if he's going if he gets a chance in the box, in the six-yard box, it's going in. There's not, there's no real two ways about it, as opposed to Hawkins sometimes, he, he sometimes misses quite simple chances when you just know that Pittman, if he gets a chance, it's going to go in. And that could, that could prove quite important going on because it's slim, it's like it's small margins, isn't it? So Yeah, for sure, mate. I mean, all right, let's, let's go back to the games. We've gone on one like always. Let's have a think <laughs> about this, yeah? Let's talk through the goals because... You know, we we scored some we scored some good goals. Um, which one did you talk about first? The Omar the Omar Bogle one, which I thought was going wide. Yeah, well, I, when I first saw it, I've like because my um my stream cut out and my mates told me that we'd scored, so I've gone back on and rewound it, and I've at least booted it over and I've seen the ball. I'm like, that's not going in. That's not going in. And it just I don't know how it went in. It must. I don't hit, know either. Did must it hit, have the, hit the, the post, post at like a perfect angle just to kind of put it in but that showed the pace and like strength of Bogle didn't it he struck that defender off and he's yeah calm finish as well I mean I was um it's quite funny actually because I actually thought that was the goal that was maybe the most interesting to watch in that sense for a neutral fan and yeah. um, the people who listen to the podcast will know that I've just started a job about seven eight weeks ago and I've got uh I'm what two Barnsley fans who sit opposite me 
which is oh, great. <laughs> but um, they've been having a good laugh because I think this, this is only the second win we've had since I've started in eight weeks. Oh, um, so we were top of the league when I got the job. Oh, and yeah. uh, now they're powering down through it. Yeah. But they say, they were saying to me, oh, no, that was you know, not a bad goal. And you know, the way it cannoned off and he looked confident, he took it well. But the goal that they really liked finish-wise was from um, Solomon Etabar. And it was purely because apparently they like it from the, and I've just thought of this afterwards, just the way he finished it. He yeah. took his time and he really placed that in the bottom corner, didn't he? Yeah. And I don't think he was any doubt that that was going in at all. Well, that that goal was just typical. Like that's what that's a goal that Kenny Jacket would dream of, really, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, the type Kenny of goal. Jacket would dream. Yeah, yeah, because that ball's gone in. We've won it back, and we've like attacked quickly. And it was a great ball through for Jamal. I think it went through the defender's legs as well. And and that was ve- I don't know if you remember in the Barnsley game, Otterball had a chance. I think it was in the first half. Yeah, I do. I wanted him to through. lift it, lift yeah. the ball. Then it, I, it looked- you know. It was very similar to that on last night. And he kind of, I'm guessing he's learned his lesson because it was a very composed finish. I remember I said to Matt on the podcast and I said to him at the game as well, there's two options he had in, in that uh, the chance against Barnsley. And it was either take a touch. Yeah. So you've got some space to, to whip it around the keeper. Yeah. Or, or lift the ball and elevate it over the goalkeeper. Mm. And this time he just takes a touch, give him enough time to slot it round him. Which, yeah. which is great to see, as you said, because yeah. it just shows a bit of progression. Mm. I think. But, do you think some of the fans have been a bit harsh on him, maybe, on not having the end product? I've, you know, I've heard a bit of chatter about that online. Well, I think it's harsh because he hasn't really played, has he? He's. I thought the Barnsley game. Well, their their right back didn't know what to do. He was all um, over the place, wasn't he? So yeah, um, and, and he won the penalty as well. So. I think he's if he's given a, an extended run in the team, which it looks like he will, because I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Curtis's finger, but it didn't look good. So oh, yeah, so I'm guessing he's going to be playing Saturday and um, a few games after that. Um, so he's got to get an extended run in the team because his pace is electric. I, you'd probably say he's nearly as quick as Jamal Lowe, and that's that's going some. So yeah, and having that on either flank as well. Yeah, it's both sides. That. Yeah, yeah it's is dangerous. So he's got to be given a run in the team and. Hopefully he can do that again on Saturday because he was he was good last night. No, his quality wasn't he? And I think I think it's one of those things that you know Curtis adds something to the team as we were discussed in the Charlton game. You know you can see that he's got that quality to score yes. and that drive. But yes, it'd be interesting, drive, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see though what how we play like um, again against Scunny when we've got those two really fast wingers mm. and maybe hopefully either side of Omar Bogus. So. Where even Bogle up front provides a lot of pace as well. So it'll be if at any League One defence you've got them three coming down at you, it's gonna be um gonna be a challenge. That's it, bearing down on us. So yeah, <laughs> overall, it's been a mixed week, isn't it? For the for the results we just sort of like gone over. Chelton yeah. was pretty gut wrenching, wasn't it? You yeah, know, I it, thought back to stage one. It well, it did feel like we've from the Bradford game that <laughs> You couldn't really gauge anything from that Bradford game just because of how poor Bradford were. But the Charlton game, you kind of just thought, right, what's going on here? Is I, I was questioning our team. I, afterwards, I thought we, were, we may have overachieved a lot this season. Yeah. Like in the first half of the season, because it just didn't feel like, it just felt like we were watching a team that may creep into the playoffs. It didn't feel like we were a team challenging for anything. Um I have to say, after last night's game, the the two goals that Walsall conceded, they, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but it did get oh. me going a little bit, just because it felt like I don't know why we do it. It was sim- I just saw the South End game. It, I just dreamt of it again, and I was like, this yeah. can't happen again because it's just 
poor we're making we're giving poor teams goals really the amount From of corners as well it, yeah that's it set pieces free kicks it just it it really got to me last night because we were freeing it up we should have been exploiting them it should have been free we should have been four or five and for them to just i don't know it just we sit back and just absorb the pressure and just yeah do you think that I sort of feel that's confidence as well as as yeah. well as tactics though because we were sort of like well we're three 0 up you know we can defend this lead and you know at the start of the season we were defending leads you know two yeah. one you know and it was working but when it's not working I mean you still fall back into those habits don't you especially yeah. if you're not confident well, yeah we've had a handful of clean sheets this year so it's almost like right why why are we sitting back and inviting the pressure. I think, it, and another thing is, when we win the ball, we tend to just give it away so easily. Like yeah. Yesterday, Burgess, he got the ball at the back and he could have just passed it, I think it was about 10 yards to his left and Clark was there. Instead, he just put his foot through it and it went out for a throw and you're just like, just a bit of composure. Someone on the ball says, can put their foot on the ball, be a bit more composed. So even Ben Close was a bit susceptible to it yesterday. He was. I don't know if it's the pitch. Bit. I've been there talking about the pitch, apparently. Yeah. Shocking and bobbling yeah. around. So maybe, I think, especially with Burge, I'll give him that credit that he might be thinking, I don't want to fucking make one of those TV errors again and yes. have, to, have to come out on Twitter and explain it, that all the views yeah. hasn't affected me. I think he's probably more likely to be putting his foot through that yeah, just because exactly. he thinks, fuck that, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even Clark yesterday, he wanted him to kind of put balls into the midfield where there was a lot of space and he just kind of hitting the long balls the percentage balls, I'm sure that's what Kenny Jacket will call it. Yeah, out, yeah. Out to the what, out to the wings and try and work from there. But we can I play mean, that on the floor. We need to get the ball in front of those wingers. You know, in behind defences. Yeah, get them running at them instead of kind of in. Yeah, that's the book. We want the ball at low and Otterbore's feet running yeah. at his fullbacks. That's what we want. Do you know? Um, do you play FIFA, Sam? I used to. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the Y pass? Yeah, through ball. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we need we need to be playing balls gently on the ground, yeah, just wait to them, and those get those wingers, get Ottobar, get Low, get Bogle or whoever, just running onto them. Exactly. You know, not yeah. not hoofing it over the top. Mm. So yeah, cool. All right, uh, well that's the end of part one. Um, we'll play some sort of cheesy sound, and we'll be into part two. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast and. Sam, do you know what time it is? <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> well, we haven't got Matt, so it's time for Sam's Debate. <laughs> I like the sound I, of it. <laughs> you like the sound of it? Okay, that's right, Poppy fans. It's time for Sam's Debate. And today we are discussing what needs to change. That's right. So Sam here has wrote an absolutely amazing article for the Pompey News Now site. Go and check it out. Uh, check it out on my Twitter or Sam's. I'll give you the details later on. Or go onto the site, Pompey News Now, or go onto our Twitter feed. You can find it there. Mate, it's a great article. Cheers. And it is now the basis for our discussion because although that Warsaw game that we discussed is promising in the way we've got a win, I don't quite think that we've got the formula yet. Is that fair to say to you? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that because... Um, it will be interesting to see what Jacket does on Saturday, whether he'll stick with the same team as Walsall or whether he'll maybe change the formation a little bit because we need to find a formula that's going to work for the, for the remainder of the season, not just these like few games, the Walsall game, we kind of botched a team together and they got the win. We need to find something consistent that's going to get us wins like we had at the start of the season, but that's not working now. So we've got to, we've got to find something else. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking at the stats, I saw against the, against Bradford, who are obviously a much poorer team, mm. where we had an expected goals uh, ratio of about just under five. Mm. So 
you know, we were creating a lot of chances and we took those chances. But against Charlton, I think it was it was around the one mark or just below that. Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, expected goals modelling is everything, but it does show that you know what kind of chances we are, we are creating as a team. Do you feel then that we could move back to the formation we played as you mentioned earlier on, the four three three that we were we were playing in before? Is that, uh, is that is that the case? Should be dropping Pittman, even though last game. I personally, I would have loved to have seen us play four three three last night with Donahue, um, Naylor, and Close in the middle of the park because um, similar to the Barnsley game where we played well. Um, I personally would think Jacket will go with the uh, same lineup as he did last night. Um, the thing is, you, you mentioned the expected goal stats, and I, I like, I really like him. It kind of it makes it it makes it really interesting to see who's actually statistically the better teams in the league. Yeah, and um, the the Bradford game, I think we have to just appreciate how poor Bradford were, and then playing like that against poor teams, it can work. But then obviously it it doesn't work sometimes against Bristol Rovers. We played four two three one with Hawkins up front. Yeah, Evans in behind, and we were we were shocking. We were really really poor. It was all. And then oh, it was it was a really bad game. But then we played Bradford, who got well. We we steamrolled them really, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but, but then, on natural talent alone, you could say, really. Yeah, because Bradford were just... Uh, they were the worst team we've played all season. When you go up against Charlton and play that way, you're not going to get the... It doesn't... When you play a good team like Charlton, I don't think you can play that way. Well, I don't think we can play that way at the moment because it's just not working for us. Obviously, Charlton and Barnsley are two different teams, yeah? Mm. But let, let's say, obviously, they're two top teams in this division. So if you, it's kind of fair in some ways to compare the performances, which aren't that far apart from each other. Yeah. I think when you look at Barnsley, for instance, by expected goals, they also suppress the most chances as well as create the most chances in the league. Okay. Yeah. So I know Luton were, but not the moment. So I think it's interesting to see when we played Barnsley, I think we also suppressed a lot of chances, even mm. though they didn't have Kiefer Moore. Yeah. Um, as well as creating some chances that we could have won obviously you know the penalty oh, I, yeah i think I, we deserve to win the game 100 percent. we uh, even barnsley fans on twitter said they were lucky to get away with a point and it's that was a great point for them but yeah i, I genuinely think we deserve to win that game and and I, I thought barnsley are an excellent football team i love the way they play when they we i don't know if you're at the game but they, their fullbacks spread out wide and yeah the keeper can ping the ball into them and i love the way they play good to watch but we actually we matched them on that day in that formation. Yeah, no, I was, I was at the game. I was at the back of the back of the front and it was a great atmosphere, especially in the second half when it actually really kicked off. Yeah. I, I think though, I'm just trying to work out when we said what needs to change, Sam, do you think it's as simple as changing the formation by taking the attacking midfielder out, pushing those wingers forward and adding in, well, a central midfielder? Would that be, would that be Bryn Morris for you? If he's fit, potentially, yeah, because against the Barnsley game, in the Barnsley game, he played well. I've always been a really big fan of Dion Donoghue, though, because of his passing range. He can hit a postage stamp from 40 yards. He's He's got his passing range is up there for some of the best in the team. So either him or Dion, Dion Donoghue, I think it is as simple. Well, I'd like to see the 4-3-3 played again, purely because we get the ball on the floor in midfield and we can give it to our wingers' feet and allow yeah. Lowe and Otterbore to go at a player, like directly at a player, without having to run in behind. They can beat them on merit. And they, they can... Lowe and Otterbore should be able to beat most fullbacks in the league. So I'd like to see that happen. Um, 
whether it will on Saturday, I, I don't think it will. But at some point, I feel that it might be the way to go forward for us to get a consistent, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word, a consi- the style of play we had at the start of the season. We need to find something consistent like that to go forward for, towards the playoffs or challenge the top two again. But it's also about having that, the team have knowing an ident- identity, isn't it? Yeah. Having that sort of, you know, that style, that finesse, that identity that everyone knows what they're doing and it's working. Mm. I think when you play the three in midfield as well, that sort of unlocks Ben Close to go forward. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Ben Close has been scoring, he's been creating. Um, he's also been doing that thing that he sort of hovers in the, I've been joking around saying, the David Norris, the Frank Lampard, whatever <laughs> whatever position you want to call it. Yeah. But that, but that place where you can, you can wait on the edge of the box and you can pick up those balls and take some chances and, you know, pick up some goals and some assists. And I think that's actually really helpful for the wingers and for the striker as well. Mm. So I think that can offset a little bit the sort of, maybe what Brett Pittman added to the team yeah. in the last game. Well, I've always been a fan of Pittman, but for me personally, I just think we need something a bit more consistent that's going to work for us the same period of time. He may prove me wrong and we may turn up on Saturday and win 4-0 again, or, or we might turn Scunthorpe over or something. But Pittman, he's been, when he's come back into the team, he's played well. But I just personally feel... A change of formation, matching teams up in the middle, dominating the midfield, getting our wingers into play with the ball at their feet is going to be, well, for me, it would be the way forward. And I think when we're considering this, yeah, what my feeling is, let's go with the 4-3-3, yeah. Let's go with that formation that looked like absolute beauty against Barnsley. But let's also think about, we've got Pittman. We're not saying it's not going to work at all. But what I would say is that I think that could be a good impact sub if, if we're feeling a bit flat, you know, flat-footed with the yeah. four-three-three, with him and James Vaughan as well, you've got two very experienced strikers on the bench that that have scored goals at this level for their whole career, and you know, it's it's not a bad thing to have to have too many options because at the end of Jan, well, before we signed all the players at the end of January, a lot of people were worrying about having too few options. So it's a good debate to be having about having lots of players to choose from, and for me, James Vaughan could count himself a bit unlucky as well because he's played well every time he's come on and he looks a handful, he challenges well and I'm pretty sure he won more headers than Hawkins did on Saturday evening when he came on and he was only on for about 10 minutes. No, I agree. But do you know what? I think Oliver Hawkins gets a bit of a bad time because I, I, I sometimes feel that he was playing really well at the start of the season in particular and but it was also because his he was creating opportunities by, you know, holding it up, nodding it down, but created those little assists that was coming from production from the wingers, really, wasn't it? Yeah. From from, from low and curses, etc. When they're lacking a bit of confidence and maybe lacking that finishing touch, mm. it doesn't really matter if you get those little balls to them in that situation. Yeah. It maybe you need to mix it up a little bit to get them firing. Do you reckon mm. that's fair? Yeah, I mean, you could say during this bad patch from kind of start, well, after the Norwich game, really, till. Till what a game now. as well. Yeah, what a game. After that Norwich game until now, we just haven't he's our front three haven't they haven't fired really. The wing you could say maybe the wingers not producing or not gambling off Ollie's flick ons could have made Ollie maybe not look as productive as he has been. I've never been his greatest advocate, I have to say. Um I feel we could have a player who does what he does, a bit like but well, what Bogle does, a player that kind of holds the ball up, brings people into play and gets in behind as well because Ollie's been good but he hasn't got quite got that yard of pace and maybe not got quite the finishing kind of skills that Bogle, Pittman, Vaughan might have. 
Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think we've got a wealth of strikers, really. And I don't really yeah. feel that strikers is, is the problem, even though no, we may be now. struggling to score goals. Um, yeah. I just, I feel that when we go, if we go 4 3 3 as well, what happens is I feel Ben Close, he's a good passer. He allows him to get forward and then he can pick out a pass on the floor. And yeah. that's, when we, that's when we really get going. Yeah, you don't, so, want, you don't want Ben. I think it was a few, I can't remember which game it was. It might have been, I've, I'm struggling to remember which game it was, but Ben Close had more touches with his head than he did with his feet. And I think it might have been the Bristol Rovers game. And, and I, was just, I was just sat there thinking, what a waste <laughs> of a young, talented player. Because when, when you've got Ben Close winning headers in the middle of the park, it's just, what, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be doing that. He's, that's not what his game's about. His game's about winning the ball back, spreading the play, driving forward of it, picking out passes. So it just seems a waste sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we've got to um, we've got to mention it. And when we say what's got what's what should change, how do you feel that Nathan Thompson's been playing since his contract malarkey's been going on? Well, I think Walks can count himself very unlucky not to be in the side at the moment. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, the, the amount of times that, especially against Charlton, that Thompson gave the ball away was um, it was remarkable. I haven't seen a play. Well, he he must have given the ball away more more than more than the other player. Um, and for Walks not to be in the side was. It, it baffles me a little bit because even the Berry game, Thompson was getting dominated by Berry's wingers, and they're a division below. Um, no, I agree, and so, I think I think that also I think Walks has been you know he's improved as the season's gone on, isn't yeah, he? I, I, people give him stick, but I think he's been I think he's been excellent for us. I, he's he's a young player. We have to remember their age. We've got a lot of young players. Yeah, we've got a lot of potential. So for me, Walks has been excellent. He's he's quick as well. He's very athletic, and people forget about that. He also shows. I mean, I've I've been uh, tracking him for for a while. So um, when we actually picked him up originally on loan, I spoke to to the uh, the commentators for Atlanta. Mm. Uh, the two guys they did they're the two color commentators they do all the commentary yeah. for them and um atlanta sport radio and they told me they said hugh he's a good player you know they really liked him he's really rated over there yeah uh, they just said what he needs to improve on for a fullback is his final ball in the box right that's fair, that's fair enough yeah yeah i think he could still work on that yeah, yeah definitely he could work on that yeah but they also said he needs to work on his passing and his vision mm. I think I don't think I think that, that maybe his passing etc for a fullback isn't dreadful. Yeah, if you look at someone like Lee Brown on his opposite side, I don't I don't think that Walks passing stands out as much worse. Yeah, I, I think his fi- I think the final product could be improved because he's definitely got the pace to kind of get him get beyond Jamal Lowe on an overlap run. Brown does it very well. To be fair, mm-hmm. get, Brown is constantly getting in behind Curtis on the left, and he, he's got a very good delivery on him. Um, if Walks could do that as well, or just add a little bit more, because Nathan Thompson hasn't got quite the hasn't got the pace that Walks has got, and I think that we could exp- he could exploit that a lot more down that right hand side, having Jamal Lowe and Walks bombing down there. I think um, that balances up, wouldn't it? Really, really yeah. nicely with that really, double yeah. width. I, I wouldn't personally. I would put him in on Saturday. I think he's he deserves to go, and I don't think he's put in a bad performance. When for, for me personally, I don't think he's put in a performance. Where I've gone, oh no, why is he playing? Much like Nathan Thompson's last three or four performances, where yeah. I've been, I've been questioning what has he, what's he done to earn, him, earn himself a place in the team? He won um, a penalty, Sam. He won a penalty. He did win a penalty with a Thompson flop, didn't he? A t- yeah, Thompson flop. But absolute beaut, wasn't it? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it it baffles me how he gets away with it, but we all know it's coming and it works. But I guess that might be one of the reasons because he he's 
he's economical. He, he wins free kicks. He gets us up the field. I'm guessing that's what Jacket sees in him because apart from that, his passing has is, been off recently and he's given the ball away quite a few times. So I think that sort of takes away from his economical defensive approach, doesn't it, when you're yeah. giving possession away? Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> sometimes with Nathan Thompson, I just wanted to see him play the easy ball. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just look up and play the ball to close. Play the Just ball to Naylor. To give it to give... the players who can pass it a bit better. That's it. That's it. Well, well yeah. I don't know. Tom Naylor's passing can be great. And also, <laughs> he, he also likes to try the, I don't know, I, the I feel, pass sometimes. Yeah, I feel that Tom Naylor's kind of, it's a bit, it's similar to what Kante's, ha- what's happening to Kante at, in at Chelsea. He's playing in like a kind of more advanced position. Not advanced, but he's having to do more stuff than what he's brilliant at, which is just, breaking up play and moving the ball five yards. Um, and I feel like Tom Naylor's brilliant at that. And sometimes he's having to do too much. He's having to pick out a 35-yard pass or something like that. And he's, he, can, he has got it in him, but I don't necessarily think he needs to be doing that. Hence why maybe another midfield might be might be needed. Do you reckon that's one of those things that's a bit of a tactical thing that Kenny Jackett's going, get the ball quickly wide to our, our fast players who can exploit space? Or do you think that's just him thinking, I'll pick that pass out to Curtis, who's shaking his hand vigorously at me? Personally, I think it's a tactical thing. I think the the quick, long balls are all tactical because there's often lots of space and opportunities to pass a short ball. And these these guys are professional footballers. You wouldn't put it past them. You'd expect them to be able to do a 10-yard pass. So I'm guessing the the long, quick balls to to our wingers are all based on tactic... uh, Jacket, oh, sorry, I've lost my words. <laughs> or, um, all based, sorry, may I have that effect? <laughs> all based on Jacket's philosophy. So, and it does. It winds me up sometimes because I'm just want, I'm just wanting to keep it on the floor. But it, it it's what he stands by, and, and you have to kind of just, we have to go with it for the for the remainder of the season. But that's it. Just, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying when you need a when you need um when your long balls aren't working. Yeah, what you need to do. Is it the ball roll back to Craig McGilvery and let him play one? Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I think I think that that's fair enough on the defence. You think that with with Burge and Clark as well, you would like to see them always play the ball short to a midfielder to let him bring the ball out. And I think that's more likely with three in, in midfield. I, I think, especially when we're in a winning position, I think we should be doing that. Like, especially last night when we were three 0 up and we've got plenty of options in midfield to pass the ball. Or or play out play out wide to a fullback or a winger on the floor, and that needs to be done. I, personally, I think Burgess is actually a better ball playing centre back than Jack Watmore. Obviously, I, I rate Jack Watmore highly because of how how excellent he was at the start of the season. But yeah, but for technical ability on the ball, Burgess is very good. He's not up there with Clark, but I don't think many in League One, no, the Championship, no. are up there with Clark. But it's um, it would be nice to see him kind of use that a little bit more. No, definitely, and I, I think that 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 has got to be a tactical thing, isn't it? And yeah, I think surely it has to be a tactical thing because I can't see Burge and stuff wanting to launch balls. He does; he is actually one of the people that does launch the ball a lot forward. Well, you think you think back two years, and you, you have to think about our team then. It's a complete polar opposite. Yeah, with Cookie, Paul Cook, yeah, Paul Cook style of football. I I I loved it. Even when we were losing, we were playing good football, and you're just like, wow, we're actually playing some good stuff. And you have to think it's the same two centre halves who were who are playing there and who are in that position now. So it's clearly a tactical thing. Definitely. I mean, so that, that, that's where we've gone from there. And Lee Brown's getting a bit of stick as well. He looks a little bit off the pace and, you know, I'm a massive fan of Lee Brown's and he, you know, he, he adds that, that presence as well on the pitch with the, with the guys in the locker room as well. But mm. 
do you think it's fair to say he's having a little bit of a rough period at left back? I think you have to. I think it's a little bit harsh on him. I think he's a bit of a scapegoat for some fans for their like their their disappointment over the last few months. Um, he's I, personally, I haven't seen too much in his performances that have been different. Um, he always he's, he's solid. That's what he, you're always going to get a six, seven out of ten, in my opinion, from Brown. Yeah, um, I, I think we were very. It was a very astute signing because he's 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 an accomplished League One centre. Uh, left back he's got a very good cross on him um and he always gets on behind um behind the defense on overlaps so i sometimes feel he's getting a little bit of i think the stick's a little bit a little bit harsh on him no i agree i think i think he's quality i think it's just one of those things that people like to pick up players don't yeah exactly yeah find someone now Burgess playing quality you've got to look around for someone else to yeah that's it but you have to give a lot of credit to Burgess after um after the mistakes he did he he um after the mistakes in I can't was it the Doncaster game when he came yeah. on yeah and and they, to, uh, that ball I think that was harsh as well the ball really bounced and he's only um, just come on keep, keeper should have come out for it as well so yeah um it was I, you have to give a lot of credit to him because he stood up and he's got he's gained quite a few man of the matches in recent weeks so fair play he's a man yeah no cool all right well i think i think what needs to change i think we've gone i think we've done it mate to be honest i think i think we've i think we've covered it but if you haven't read it go on to the pompey news now site and check out sam's work um sam you got anywhere plugging it you got your twitter as well yeah on my twitter there. sam stone um all the yeah on the pompey news down if you scroll down a little bit it should be on there somewhere <laughs> i've retweeted it i've retweeted it pretty recently so it should still be on my twitter and i'll, t- I'll tweet it out again mate as well so we will do that so i think that's the end of part two unless you've got anything you want to add mate on the topic uh, no, I think we've covered most of it. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, sick. Um, what was I going to say, actually? A quick one. You were talking to me in the interval about how you've seen Jamal Lowe play when he played for... Yeah, so what, I, I used to play kind of a youth football at like a non-league standard. And we played, used to play at Hampton Richmond quite a few times. And I remember when I was... Um, when I was playing, Jamal Lowe was playing on when we went up to watch them and he was playing for Hampton Richmond and yeah, he was very fast then. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure he's only got faster. So. Yeah, very quick. So when we get, when we get Jamal on the podcast, we've got, we'll, we'll ask him about, about yeah. how he feels, the difference. Yeah. yeah. The difference in pace of the game. Yeah. That's it. I'm sure he'll say you, you guys are a lot quicker. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, cool. So we'll, we'll stop there, mate. And then we'll roll into part three. Cool. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast. And Sam, I'll be honest, mate, I'm quite enjoying having you on the podcast. Oh, it's been fun. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, it's good, man. You know, Matt, you should be worried, mate. <laughs> An hour of talking Portsmouth, I don't mind doing that. <laughs> no, no, we're all about that. So um, we wish Matt well. Hopefully he gets back from Legoland, all right. Apparently <laughs> he got stuck out there or something like that. So oh, no. got a message. So, you know, who can resist the dragon ride, he said. There we are. <laughs> But you know, so Scumfort, mate, the big scunny, the pride of Yorkshire. Is it Yorkshire or Lancashire? It's near, uh, it's near Grim, Doncaster, isn't it? Doncaster, where's that? Uh, that Lincolnshire. It. Is it Lincoln? I think they're somewhere up north, basically. Yeah, I've been there anyway. <laughs> is it a nice place, mate, do you reckon? Are you a fan? Um, I was a fan of the game because we won, but I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend going back up there. But it was, yeah, it was... It's, 
it's one of those I just wanted to do tick off, and it was a good win up there earlier didn't, on in the season. Didn't stay, didn't stay up there for a week, then, mate. Have a no, no, holiday, no. Or... I remember the tra- the walk was ages for the train station. About an hour walk it took. It took forever. <laughs> so you're pretty happy then. We're we're not playing them away. So yeah, yeah. Better to be back at back at Fratton. So I think that that last game against against Scunny was a bit of a difficult one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was one of those games where it was just like a typical win earlier on in the season. We'd go one, two goals up, and then we'd be like, all right, we're back our defenders now, keep a clean sheet. Um, but they did get one back off Lee Novak, and it was a bit of a nervy ending at the end, actually. Yeah, which is getting a little bit atypical, isn't it, now for us at, at yeah. the season? And we don't really don't want that to happen again. So just starting out, Scum Forth, obviously, a 15th in the league. They won the last game 4-1, which is mm-hmm. against South End. Yeah. As we said, a leaky team. They mm. do they do concede goals, South End, as we know. So it gives them a bit of confidence, but it's so tight down the bottom, isn't it, Sam? And as you said, they're four points clear, I think, of, of relegation now. Yeah. Um, we've got we've got to play a lot of these teams in the bottom and they're 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 all fighting for their lives, really. Walsall are fighting for their lives, Shrewsbury are fighting for their lives, Scunthorpe are fighting for their lives. So we've got to play a lot of them. They're all gonna be tests because of the significance of staying in the league and they need to stay in the league so it'll be a, it'll be another tough game but you you'd expect us to kind of be able well, have too much for them like we did up there and let's look at the last games they've played right yeah so since february they, they lost to barnsley away 2-0 absolutely no shame in in that no. really no. Um, they they beat aki stanley 2-0 mm. yes that's a good result they lost away at chillingham 1-0 that's, <laughs> that's what i mean they odd results don't they odd results yeah, they drew against Donny. I think that's a good point. That's a very good point, yeah. And they lost away at Oxford. They're just consistently inconsistent, I think is the phrase. <laughs> yeah, lost to Bristol Rovers 1-0, and then they won 4-1. So yeah. they are all over the shop, aren't they? But yeah. apart from that 4-1 win, they actually haven't... They've only won a game. They've only scored two goals in total more since the start of February. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So in seven games, they've scored one game. There's one game beam. They've scored more than two goals. Mm. So that should be promising for us really to get on the front foot and kill them off early. Yeah. You'd you'd expect that be the game plan to kind of do what we did yesterday, two early goals, put a marker down and then try and catch them on the break, but with a bit more quality than we did yesterday, because um, they should, these teams like this should be for the take, should be for the taking when we've got players of, the quality we have up front, um, you'd expect us to be able to put teams like Scunthorpe to the sword. And I'm, if we don't, well, we don't really deserve to be kind of fighting it out for the automatic promotion places. And I think Scunthorpe before have looked a little bit leaky at the back, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, when when we played them up there, they were pretty much all over the shop defensively. Um, their fans were getting on their backs. They were, yeah, they didn't really look settled I know they brought in a few new signings in January. Um, yep. They had a bit of an overhaul and results have kind of picked up, as he said. A um, bit inconsistent, but they're picking up some wins, which is what you need near the bottom. Um, they've stuck with their manager as well, which is fair play to them because at one point in the season, it did look like he was going to get, um, get sacked. But he's kind of, they've stuck with him and they're trying to grind the results out what they need to stay up. Yeah, I mean, and I think that sometimes that consistency is needed in this league, isn't it? You can't yeah. just, because it's so tight, you have to look at Plymouth, who look like they're, you know, going down early in the season, and they, they've got themselves up to the, the top half yeah. of the table. 
Um, you, you, I think we look at some of the players they signed. Um, they got that uh, Tom Pierce on loan from Leeds. Mm, yeah, he's actually he's actually played um, in the team. He's a fullback, and he also played five times for Leeds in the Championship this season. So oh, yeah. that's a that's a cracking signing, isn't it? Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for him because anyone who can get in that Leeds team this season has clearly got to be some sort, of, got to be a very good player. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, so Tom Pierce, people, but they also made a signing. They got another. Well, they obviously spoke to Kenny Jacket and asked what it's like getting players on loan from Aston Villa. Mm. Um, then they stepped up and got. Um, I'm not probably gonna get his name wrong, but it's um, Jakob uh, Bidou. Bidou. B E D E A U. I wouldn't ask me. <laughs> I'm going with Bordeaux. but um, he's never played for Villa, so I think he's more in and out of the um, in and out of yeah. the team. But yeah, Pierce, one of the guys to watch. Obviously, Lee Novak. Everyone knows about him. He scored against us before. Yeah. I swear, I had him on Football Manager about 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, playing up front for me from my Atkinson Stanley team that I fired into the Champions League. Yeah. But uh, but apparently he's only twenty nine or thirty or something. So, I mean, he looks he looks cracking into his forties. He's been around a long time, but he's he's a kind of a similar player to Brett Pittman in the way that he just he's a good goal scorer. If he gets a chance, he'll finish it off. I know we were linked with him. Um, I think it was our second season in League Two, or it might have been last last year. We were linked with him quite heavily. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have said no to having him. He's a very good goal scorer and he scored against us up there early in the season. I think he's got 10 in the league so far, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, for a team like Scunthorpe as well, when you think about the the like the, the season they're having, it's not been great. For him to have 10 goals is quite quite a good return. No, it's cracking, is it? But around him, support player-wise, they don't have that many players that have scored that many goals. So Matt Clark really needs to knuckle down on Lee Novak yeah. and you know keep him at bay. You'd think that they're going to come with a similar game plan to, that most sides do at Pompey with um, where they'll sit back and they'll have their striker who's got to do a lot of work holding the ball up. If Matt Clark can get on him quick, try and get the upper hand against him because he's a big he's a big guy, Lee Novak. He'll hold that. He, he's been around the block. He's held, he's he's good at holding the ball up. So you'd think if Matt Clark can get on him early, try and win that battle early, give us a bit more dominance to kind of. When they get the ball up to him, it's just going to come straight back, and we'll get our wingers going at him again. No, completely. And we just—he's the player that we really need to watch. And coming back on the Pompey side, we've already sort of spoke about what we want to see. But if what's your lineup, Sam? What do you want to see us play, and what do you think Kenny Jacket will play? There's two questions there for you. So, what I right, my lineup would be obviously. Uh, I'll just say the changes from Tuesday because it make yeah. it easier. So it'll be um, walks in for Nathan Thompson, um, yeah. and we will have. And I would like to see uh, three in the midfield of Tom Naylor, Ben Close, and Donahue with Bogle up top, Otterborough on the left, and Lowe on the right. Just purely because I think we can dominate a mid- the midfield. Um, however, potentially because of the opposition we're playing, it's not a Barnsley, it's not a Sunderland, it's not a Luton, it's not a Charlton. Um, I could see Jacket going with a similar lineup to Tuesday. Um, I'd love to. I, I, I really think he should contemplate the issue at right back and put Walks in there. But that's that's a different issue. Um, he'll go. Uh, so I've lost my train of thought with the Kenny Jacket. I feel he'll go with Brett Pittman in that number ten role again. Yeah, and just because of the opposition we're playing. Um, he might not feel they're going to come on to us as much as a Barnsley or a Luton. There might be a little bit more. We might need a bit more craft to kind of get through them as opposed to 
the, the games that where we got teams that are going to come onto us, gaps will appear. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think at home, Scunthorpe had about fifty percent of possession against us. It was pretty even, but you've got to feel when Pompey are at home, you should be able to get our foot on the ball a bit more and they will sit back naturally. Yeah. So rather than a team like Barnsley or Charlton who will try and dominate possession, you feel that maybe there's a bit of space. Now, I actually agree with you, Sam. I'd rather see Pittman come out and play the three in midfield. However, as you said, that space could be there and I'm not against Brett Pittman playing. You know, he's he's, he's played well in the last game. Mm, yeah. I would have told you no before yesterday. I would have said, don't want to see him play in that position. But, you know, prove me wrong. And if he's got that hunger to come into the game and really show people, you know, like me, Sam. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just cut out badly. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, mate. Sorry, can you hear me now? Is it all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I can hear okay. you now. All, all right, cool. Sorry, yeah, no, just cut out. Um, regarding Brett Pittman, I feel that sometimes he's, people don't notice that maybe he, he sees passes sometimes that a lot of people don't, like a lot of other players don't see. Um, I've always been a big fan of him, so it'll be interesting to see if he plays him in that number ten role because um, he he might have that little bit of craft or like guile to kind of get through. But on that kind of on that note, you've forgotten man almost is Louis Dennis. He played in that QPR game and he's yeah, yeah, kind of completely. the perfect man. He, he's a number ten. He can just kind of spot passes in behind and maybe. Well, I, if I was him, I'd be <laughs> I'd be fuming because I don't think he's had a bad game when he's been involved. No, and I think he's also got that ability. I remember comment which game it was, Sam, but he when he he picked the ball up in the middle, he played that number ten role and he started and then he had that cracking shot from distance that the keeper just managed to push over the bar. Yeah, I think that was a QPR game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we've we've got a natural number ten there. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to see Louis Dennis given the chance, but he's not even making the bench, is he? Yeah, I, I thought after that QPR game, that would have been it. I thought he would have been on the bench, maybe coming on a bit more. And it's just cut since January, he's just disappeared again. But it's a real shame because he is that. If you're going to play with a number ten like Pittman, you could you could also play with a player like Dennis in there. He's got that ability just to spot a pass. I mean, yeah, I completely agree, mate. And um, but I think what we'll do is we're gonna he's gonna stick with he's gonna stick with Pittman up. I'm going to go with he's going to make an unchanged and unchanged side effectively to, to go into this game again. I you know I think it'd be good to see Omar Bogle again. You know I think that the wingers all played well. I would also like to see Walks come in, but I, I don't see it happening at the moment. Yeah. Never know, it could happen. The defense I think will be unchanged, and then yeah, I I, th- I think that he's not going to make many decisions. We did win the game in the end of the day, away from home at Warsaw, you know, it was cold. It was on a Tuesday. I think you'll think that team will dominate a weak scum for side, but these teams are going to be hungry to get points down the bottom. Yeah. Um, and to think that they're not going to battle might be a, a, you know, a bit of an oversight, but anyway, let's, let's go for it, Sam. What's your prediction, mate? Let's go score prediction time. Uh, so I'm going to go for 3-1 um, I'm going to go with the fact that we're going to go 2-0 up early on um, and then maybe they might pull one back and then we'll grab get them on the break um, I'm going to go for 3-1 purely because we just don't we haven't been really keeping clean sheets consistently since the turn of the year so that's it both teams to score is like a, an odds on bet at the moment for anything oh yeah 100% yeah and I could see I can see Bogle getting getting a couple of goals potentially low or so yeah, um, but Bogle has been—he he, can't—he's been hitting the net quite often. So yeah, I'm going to go for Bogle to score two, three-one. 
Nice one. I'm going to roll in with a 2-1 win. I hope you're right rather than me. <laughs> I was going to go for 2-1, but I just thought, at home, come on. No, get... I love it. I love it, Sam. <laughs> Every Pompey fan listening is hoping that you are the man and you are completely spot on. I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I'm going to go Ben Close to score the first goal. I think he had a bit of an off game the other day. I feel that he's got a little bit of a point to prove, and I think that he'll he'll be looking to get on the score sheet. And from my second goal, I think it's going to be an Omar Bogle goal, just like yourself. And hopefully, I think we'll go 2-0 up and maybe come under a bit of pressure at the end. Scumfork grab one, and then we hold on for the victory. All right, we need it, hopefully. <laughs> I can see that. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers for coming on. Cheers, thanks for having um, me on. No, not at all. Anytime, come back. Sam, plug anything? Is there anything you're doing or you want to tell people about? Or no, just, just go follow me on Twitter, Sam Stone. I'm always... After a game, I've always got an opinion. I like I like debate. If anyone wants to kind of argue anything, like that's what that's what I like, and I like hearing other people's opinions. So yeah, go on my Twitter, give it a follow, and after games, I'm always tweeting stuff. Yeah, check out some stuff; it's awesome. And uh, yeah, so that's it, Pompey fans. So until next time, better Pompey. You have been listening to the PO forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!